Welcome to the Radiant Health Podcast, where each week we'll share the tips and tools you need to embrace a purpose-driven health journey. I am your host, Dr. Jessica Coima, a naturopathic physician with a passion for treating your mind, body, and spirit in a holistic and intentional way. We believe your life and your health matter because you matter. We can't wait to share about all things nutrition, supplementation, living, and current events from a Bible-based Christian perspective. So grab a cup of herbal tea, water, coffee, or whatever you're drinking, and let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Radiant Living Podcast. Uh, We are so excited to dive in today to our first topic um, within our Simply Living uh, series, and that is nurturing the body as a gift. Um about the food that we eat. Um, We're going to start in prayer before we dive in. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us this opportunity to educate uh, and to learn from Dr. Jessica about all the things food-related, how it can nourish our bodies, um, and how you've especially crafted it for us to nourish us and to better us, Lord. Um, We thank you for... um, beautiful day that we're having um, and all the people that surround us, Lord, and all of our um, our listeners. So thank you for all you've done for us and please guide us as we go into this first series. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Haley. Yeah. So our topic today, um, like we said, is nurturing the body as a gift. Um, how did you get so into why food matters? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I guess it started, so food for myself and my our family probably began when our second child, Blake, was born. And Blake was born with Down syndrome. And that began just a really life-changing journey for Mark and I and our family. I would say um, after he was born... And like I said, he was born with Down syndrome. We were having conversations with physicians and we were asking many of the doctors, you know, um, many of them had told us, hey, expect him to be in the hospital frequently. His immune system is going to be suppressed. He's probably not going to do so well. And I was like, okay, um, I work in the hospital. I now have a child that's going to require a lot of care. I don't really want to live in the hospital 24-7. And when I would ask them the question, you know, what can I do to build him strong so that we can do the best we can to stay out of the hospital and just to help him to be the best he can be. Um, We were often met with, well, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing that um, you can really do or change that will probably affect anything. Whatever's going to be is going to be. And, you know, I just had a really hard time resting in that, especially uh, working in the hospital, giving people prescription medications, and just knowing that a small tablet um, that's been made can alter or change somebody's physiology in such a way that why wouldn't the foods that we put in our bodies every single day, multiple times a day, not have an impact yeah. on on our bodies? And so that kind of started the the search and the research for us. And, you know, what can I, what can we do to build a body strong? What does nutrition look like? What does food look like? And 
um, not only in that, you know, how did, what's God's design for us and what's God's purpose for us and, and how we live. And that just really began that part of the journey for us, as well as a spiritual journey. And one of the verses I would often reflect on was Romans 12 verse one, present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual act of worship. And for me, it was that, um, just reflecting, okay, well, how do I do that? And how can I do that? Mm -hmm. Well, and that's where kind of the research and all of that started. Whereas, you know, how can I eat to live versus living to eat? Because to be quite honest, I had enough food addiction. I've been a food (laughs) addict and, and I still can be, I mean, that's definitely my tendency. So it's something that's really been, um, super reflective in my life and a constant, um, a constant evaluation and process. Yeah. Yeah. You said eating to live, not just living to eat. I think that is pretty important. Like you just don't really think of it like that of you're not just eating because it tastes good, but you're eating because you need to nourish your body and give yourself what it needs to have energy and (laughs) to, to be strong and to, to do what you were made to do, right? Right, right. Well, God's called us to a purpose, and how can we do that and do that well? And, you know, working in the hospitals and the environments that I was working in, it was really hard. It, and and in so many avenues, uh, and including in my own life, low energy, fatigue, and all those driving factors, you know, yeah. um, seeing increases in autoimmune disease and cancer and all the things and including myself I was also diagnosed with cancer and it was more like okay well what <laughs> to for many of my friends what is happening like yeah. what is this supposed to look like right and so um and again it's not perfect and nothing is perfect we live in a fallen world but what can I do to to honor what's been gifted right. to me and and do it in such a way that we kind of just, we, we can thrive and we can enjoy life rather than just merely surviving, right? Right. And, and food is one of those things that it is used as fuel, but it also can bring community together. Mm-hmm. And what can we do as community to, um, again, build each other up right. in that? Right. Encourage and support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nurture. Yeah. <laughs> So then what are healthy foods and what, what does that look like? Well, when I look at healthy foods, I look at the things that, um, again, you know, what has God given us? What has he, um, you know, back in Genesis, you know, he said, I give you all seed bearing plants and all fruit trees on the earth and this shall be your food. And, you know, and he progresses throughout the Bible with different things and, and foods and, um, all these blessings. So I feel like he's given the the earth and the world as a gift uh, to nurture. So when we get nurturing foods from that and the whole foods coming coming from the earth. So um, our fruits, our vegetables, um, the gift of protein and um, nuts, seeds, and uh, healthy meats, mm-hmm. I think can be so life-giving. And they provide us so many nutrients, vitamins, cofa- uh, uh, minerals, and... Uh, amino acids and different proteins that can act as different cofactors and different things for the b- different physiological processes in the body. Right. Yeah. And when you say like organic foods, 
Mm-hmm. What what are organic foods? <laughs> That's a really good question. You know, really you would think that all foods should be considered organic, but we have to label them organic now. And organic merely, you want to look for that because they are um, foods that are, uh, they don't use the chemical uh, herbicides or pesticides, things like mm-hmm. that. And oftentimes when we have discussions about them uh, in the office and things, I mean, think about when you see people having to go out into um, different fields of, they, they have to wear a lot of protective equipment, and yet they're spraying that all over our food that we're going to be ingesting. Right. So um, it's it's knowing and understanding the impact of those things because the, the impact of the herbicides and the pesticides that can affect our our bodies in such a way that it affects our hormones, our yeah. endocrine systems, all of those things. So looking for organic foods that that work hard to try and stay away from that and where um, a lot of times, and not all the times, because again, it's, it's a label, but oftentimes some of those farmers really take into consideration, you know, how can we nurture the earth mm-hmm. to provide really good healthy plants that are going to get all this good nutrition in there right. and... Um, again, then will be transferred, of course, into us um, as we eat that. I think for me, like when I really saw how much food matters was we raised a cow at Mm -hmm. home um, to eat. So I was young when we got the cow. Uh, We kept him for a couple years um, and then we ate him. And (laughs) um, I feel like seeing the process of life and uh, having a greater appreciation of the meat that we were eating. It was like, wow, this is, this is an actual animal. And then not only that, but as soon as we ran out of eating our cow and started buying the meat from the grocery store, my hormones changed drastically. I uh, started experiencing um, like heavy periods, painful periods, and was diagnosed with endometriosis. And I never had that prior, no issues. Mm -hmm. My periods were perfect, like to the book. And then it was like, it changed like overnight. And so that's when I was like, when I finally realized what the change was, I was like, dang, it matters. Like that was something that... You know, people not judged us for, but just were like, how could you eat your pet cow, you know? And it's like, well, he wasn't a pet, but also like, that's what God created them for. Like they are for nourishing and, and to, um, like support us and not having a um, meat full of the hormones that distract your hormones and confuse Mm -hmm. your body. Um, I feel like once I kind of started getting back you know, to buying my own meat and being able to do the, you know, like the organic meat, the, you know, hormone-free meat, I noticed a huge difference in my hormones in just that one step. Right. And it can be just those simple steps, right? I often will challenge um, those that come into the office, you know, just do a two-week challenge. I I understand it can be hard. It's different. Any change for any of us, and especially with so many people living such busy lives, mm-hmm. just give it two weeks. But you have to do it. Yes. You can't just do it partially. You can't cut corners. No, you can't cut corners. You've got to just do it yeah. and then evaluate how you feel. And it's amazing to me yeah. the shifts and the changes that that people 
that people will experience. And it's so interesting how we start to realize how addictive food can be, uh, particularly sugar. And we find sugar and uh, sugar types and artificial sugars and all the things in so many of our foods. And many people are surprised by which foods actually carry extra sugar and Mm -hmm. things like that and how much sugar we're consuming these days. Yeah. For sure. And what kind of sugar? Like, I, you can see, you know, you look on the back and it says five grams of sugar. Well, what kind of sugar is are we those looking five at? Grams? Yeah. Exactly. And if we're looking at all of the, the processed foods, and which is the majority of a lot of the foods that we consume these days in America, and it's interesting when we look at sugar consumption, and we'll talk a little bit as well about the sugar effects on our body. But in the early 1900s, um, some researchers have, researchers have noted that, um, a, you know, the average American maybe took in approximately 17 pounds of sugar per year. Um, and roughly to date, I think I had looked back at one of the research articles they had averaged out, and this was actually 2011, and I believe it has increased now, mm-hmm. was roughly about 150 pounds oh, of sugar. No. <laughs> Which is so much sugar, and that the average American probably takes in third, and according to the USDA, I should say, um, they had reported that the average American takes in approximately 34 teaspoons of sugar a day. And this gets to be a really big teaching point uh, when we have people in the office. Mm -hmm. And so we start looking at labels, or we start looking at some of the nutritional factors when we go out to you know, our local coffee shops right. and what we're adding into into our coffees and different things. And I'll often tell them, when you look at that, understand that four grams equals one teaspoon of sugar. Mm. And when you start looking at that, um, and then also, again, reading your label, because oftentimes it is hidden, like it's one serving versus, hey, no, we're looking at two servings. So right. oftentimes you may have to multiply that. Right. But it's not uncommon for a can of pop to have 10 teaspoons of sugar in it. Yeah. And when we talk about sugar, I, sugar, many of the researchers talk about it um, affecting, uh, acting like cocaine in the body. Yeah. And... Um, and its addictive properties. So it also suppresses the immune system. It can act as a neuroexcitotoxin. Mm-hmm. All of these things that just impact the body. And I don't believe we can be our fullest, right. best person in that. And yeah. I, I use my own children as an analogy. Uh, you know, they've actually done research on this where they, I believe this was done in Europe, and I'd have to pull it up again, where they had two daycares one with kiddos that were just given the average American sugar diet, mm-hmm. um, artificial flavors, artificial colors, artificial preservatives, you know, all the things, Fruity Pebbles. They got Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> and the other group got um, whole foods, um, whole grain breads with whole grain or with um, whole food sandwiches, things like that. And their behavior changes and uh, comparisons were undeniable. Yeah. I mean, I use my own children as, as a, I, I could do a study on them. Yeah. Um, when we, they were exposed to sugar and artificial colors, preservatives, uh, there was behavior changes that 
were seemingly directly correlated Mm -hmm. to what they were taking in and it was amazing and so that's also what precluded us to just to make the changes yeah no my husband and I did um a cleanse and it was only a Mm. one-week cleanse and I remember at dinner time because we it wasn't anything crazy like we were still able to eat like normal meals but it was after dinner every night we both were like I need something sweet. <laughs> like, yes. We both like could feel it of like, oh my goodness, our bodies have become so dependent on just having some something sweet within the dinner. Mm-hmm. Like cutting out that sugar, your body just like craves it so mm-hmm. bad that it's like, I can't think about anything else but getting <laughs> dessert right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we are so addicted. And uh, so that for me, I was like, we need to make a change. Like yes. something needs to change because that's not, that's not healthy. And it's like, until you do cut it out, you don't realize like how, how much it does affect you and how addicted you are or, you know, like how it can affect your energy and um, just like, just overall your, your um, focus and all the things that, all, the things. all of it. So <laughs> yeah. concentration all of that and it is and it's um and just like you said we we start to well for one it's amazing where it's hidden right people don't think about it's in salad dressings it's it's in ketchup it's it's added into everything so that's that's you know one place where it becomes a huge eye-opening um learning experience but the other thing is like when we do cleanses and just like you experienced we start to kind of we can take a step back and look, okay, how often was I making food my choice yeah. or was it versus a lack of self-control? Like, right. you know, was I choosing to do that or was it just something like I was driven to because yeah. of my, Didn't of my addiction? Yeah. yeah. So, and it's true. And, and I lay it out there. I definitely have, am a sugar addict. I cannot have those things in my house. It will um, draw me um, much like, any other addiction would. So, um, it, it, it takes work, um, and intentionality, but it is so good because I feel so much better when I can make choices versus having that drive and that consistent drive because it's occupying, it's mentally occupying and physically occupying. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. So yeah. What do we do then? How do we, how do we start? What are some things that we can look out for and kind of pay attention as we go into this week. Absolutely. Um, these are, and every person is different and there's going to be no right way or no wrong way. But one of the easy things I like to just recommend to people is, you know, stick and this one you've probably heard, um, out and about to just stick to the outer, outer aisles of your supermarket. Try to avoid going into the middle where there's a lot of boxed, um, foods, a lot of processed foods, mm-hmm. a canned foods, that kind of thing. And stick with the fresh produce on, on the outer sides. You know, you start with, I'm thinking of the grocery store I go to. There's produce right there. There's um, your fresh uh, meats. And again, trying to stick with as much organic as possible. I know that gets really hard, especially financially for some people. And in the future, I'd really like to do a podcast or some sort of blog that can kind of really show people how you can do it Mm -hmm. um, very cheaply, resourcefully, and financially. Um, Because I was there. I went back to school when uh, my kids were all in school and we had to to live on the cheap and we still did it. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's what's hard for, I feel like, most people is just knowing what you can afford to get and, like, what is organic, what doesn't need to be organic. Because I've heard people say, well, you don't need to get that organic because, you know, you're you're taking off the outer layer or whatever. So what? how do we know what needs to be organic when, we, when we're shopping? No, for sure. And there are, there is a group, the environmental working group has done some of that research for us, which is great. Um, there are certain produce that don't require as many pesticides or that do often get heavily pesticided. And in those, we would want to stay away. They call those the dirty dozen. And Mm -hmm. we'll list that resource here on the podcast of where you can get that information. And that's going to include a lot of uh, produce that has thin skin. And we think of mm-hmm. things like, and, and that are listed currently, and I'll just kind of name them here, strawberries, spinach, kale and collard and mustard greens, nectarines, apples, grapes. So you kind of see a theme here. Yeah. They're all kind of very thin skinned um, produce. So those are the ones that if we need to, if we can invest in, we would want to invest in those organically. Yeah. Okay. And then they also have um, a clean 15, which often those are, um, if we needed to purchase those uh, non-organically, those would probably be okay yeah. for us. Yeah. And and either way, what we do want to do is when we do bring them into our homes, uh, we would want to clean them really well mm-hmm. and just rinse them really well with water or using a really um, easy, you can... Uh, do a light vinegar mm-hmm. um, water wash to help kind of erase either the residue from what's traveling yeah. or the herbs and the 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 chemicals that have been they've been right. laden with. So right. you definitely want to do that. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so, what do we do about like how do we know what is GMO versus mm-hmm. what is organic? Like, how can we even tell when we're shopping in the grocery store? No, really good question. And again, it's it's going to be reading those labels. So um, looking uh, on the label for organic, mm-hmm. for one, certified organic. Uh, two, non-GMO. So they'll okay. be labeled non-GMO. If there's not a label as a, listed as a non-GMO, likely um, they may have some uh, bioengineered Um, foods in them so and in fact some labels will you'll see this food contains bioengineered products so again kind of want to keep your eyes open for that and also then looking at sugar Um, if you are venturing in or just trying to kind of get an idea of maybe where you or your family are at look at the labels Um, again four grams equals one teaspoon and start looking at that you know the drinks you're purchasing the snacks you're purchasing you know, what does that look like? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to lay out some really great alternatives for snacks, you know, good, wholesome snacks that include good, wholesome foods that we can, you know, apples and a, a sunflower seed butter or something like that yeah. can be such a great snack and just really life-giving right. as well. Because I know you have a website that you like to get a lot of your recipes from. Do you want to share that with Oh yeah. Yeah. And there are so many really, there's so many people doing this out there and they're doing such a really good job. Okay. And some resources, yes, that I do recommend. I do love looking at eatingbirdfood.com. She does a great job of laying out some really good whole food recipes. And some of the other uh, resources I like are the Maker's Diet uh, recipe book, 
world's the world's healthiest foods by George Madelgen. Um, I love that book as a resource that gives so many wonderful ideas on how to utilize foods. And also, uh, he gives so much great information on the nutrients that are in foods and what that mm -hmm. means to you. So if you kind of like yeah. to learn more about yeah. whys, um, it's a great resource. Yeah. And we'll include them. No, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your sources with us. And um, I'm, I feel like I've learned a lot and I'm excited um, to see, you know, what, what others have learned through this. Um, so if you feel like you learned anything from today's podcast, please feel free to share it um, and like it so that we know. Um, and give us some feedback. We would, we'd love any feedback. So absolutely. Thank you for listening and have a great week and know you are loved. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for tuning into the radiant living podcast. If you love this episode, please rate it and let us know. You can also hit the subscription button. So you never miss an episode until next time. I leave you with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. See you next time.